Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Take Two. I'm here with Randy, and we are here to look again at some of the things that I spoke about on Sunday. Uh, had a few things happen this week. We had our pact last night, and that was a great conversation. It's pretty, um, I don't know, a lot of passion in the conversation and things that were shared. It was really good. And so that's happening the second Tuesday of every month, and other things going on. This is happening live. We are here live, so you can come down, ask your questions live, or if you type them on, we will see them. Good evening, Gil, and we will respond to them as well. And so those are ways that we can stay connected, and that's what we want to do is move forward in being more and more connected. Um, one other thing I want to mention, we are collecting money for uh, Haiti, and we are going to be buying Bibles in Creole for a congregation, and if you would like to contribute towards that, you can donate. Go to our website, the Genesis Story. Dot com and you'll see in the giving tab a number of ways that you can give. If there's a way for you to leave a note, let us know that it's for Haiti. We'll get that money to them. Basically, $10 can buy a Bible, and so that's kind of what we're trying to do. I think we have about $2,800 right now, and we'd like to do more. I think they could use about 500 Bibles, so we still have a little ways to go. We're not the only ones who are working towards this end. We are working with For a Reason, and so together, I think we will meet this goal, uh, but we'd love to do what we can. So that's those things. Well, Sunday, I talked about probably one of the hardest sayings of Jesus. You might as well start off with reading it. It's in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 to 48. It says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Powerful passage. Um, I've been talking about how there is a heavy and a light commandment. This definitely would be one of the heavy commandments um, that you are to love your neighbor as yourself. That would be probably an important one. And then I talked about how there wasn't really a commandment um, that told us to love our enemies. Mm -hmm. um, and there was only kind of ideas about that. Um, but what we did see, at least in the culture at the time of Jesus, that your neighbor was considered your tribe, your people. So it was basically talking to the Israelites for the Israelites. And so everyone else was kind of excluded. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so Jesus is taking that <laughs> mentality and saying, no, you need to bring them into the neighborhood kind of a thing. Right. You know. Right. Um, so that's where we're starting. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you've heard or maybe something that was shared or some thoughts that you have. This is, uh, this is, a, this is a biggie, like you said. So a couple things right off the bat. There's also not a command that says you should hate your enemies. <laughs> right. Even though, even though you've heard that that's mm -hmm. acceptable right that's yeah. kind of what he's saying that's that's not a command anywhere in the bible that's just how they were living yeah and he was saying this is this is how you've been doing it but i'm telling you you're doing it wrong mm -hmm. right so um there there's that right out of the gate so for me um i also uh if the, lex the lexicon that i looked up was correct and he is saying again here agape your neighbors mm -hmm. right like that's become an obsession of mine because i'm like how how much love do i need to give people <laughs> and he's saying this this like you're supposed to love everybody right mm -hmm. so i think even in our day and age even um if i was to read this passage to my kids or not just kids anybody we kind of do the same thing we kind of think the neighbors to me are people in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. 
or maybe my friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't think of neighbors as strangers or people from other countries or immigrants or anything. We think very similar to the way that yeah the people were thinking then. And I think there is a very subtle exclusion that we don't say out loud, but if it's someone who we disagree with, right? It could be a political party. Um, it could be someone who is in a different country, who has a different uh, governing system, you know, that we see as evil. Um, all those things can fall into an other category that we don't see as our neighbor. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, it becomes easier for us to justify. I, I don't even know if we consciously do it. I, I don't know that I did. I don't know that I ever would think, oh, yeah, you know, I don't I don't love these people. Right. I, or or I just, I'm not supposed to love these people. Yeah. We, don't, we don't think that. Yeah, we don't think that. We just don't do it. Right. right. And so it's like, oh, yeah, no, these people who are part of, you know, this, you know, communist system or this, you know, uh, the Taliban or Al Qaeda, these things that have done harm to, you know, so many. We think, well, yeah, it doesn't include them or I don't have to extend myself or I just don't go there. Right. right. Because going there is is causing the friction. And one of the things that I thought was important, even with that word agape, is to understand what it's not saying, right? It, when he says you are to love your enemies, he is not saying you are to feel fondness for them, right? right? He, he's not saying that you are to have an emotional connection to them. It's not even like you have to like them and what they're doing. It's not accepting all the things that they are doing. Love is an action that you are supposed to do what you can for their good, which then brings up another question, right? What would be doing good for someone like that? Right. Right. And, and so, and again, I always go to the extremes. I go to, you know, Nazis and Taliban, right? But it doesn't have to go that far, right? It can go to the person at work yep. who is slandering you. Right. It, it could go to uh, the person on Facebook or Instagram who is spewing things that you don't like and it irritates you. Um, how do I do what is good for them at the same time, not validating their position on things, their actions on things or, you know, maybe the arena that they are participating in? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess we, we can get specific on these, but I mean, just like the idea that like, you know, the, the person on social media or the person you work with or the person, uh, that family member on holidays that you're like, <laughs> Oh boy. Um, uncle Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the crazy uncle in my family. So <laughs> they are thinking that about me. Um, but yeah, so all those, you know, it's the idea of, and this is good that we separate, like, this isn't like gushing love. This isn't like I have to feel like an emotional connection to these people that I don't know. Cause they're, mm -hmm and who I would consider an enemy or someone who has rubbed me the wrong way or whatever. Um, but I do, I am supposed to want their, what's best, right? And I'm supposed to be working in their best interests, mm -hmm. according to Jesus, to Jesus. So it's good to, to clarify that, I think, because otherwise love your enemies can be confusing. Yeah, and damaging. Yeah. Right? It, it can end up putting you in a vulnerable place in a place where you uh, are susceptible to problems, you know, loving someone doesn't mean trusting them. Um, loving them, at least in this way, doesn't mean, okay, yeah, you can have the keys to my house because I love you. It might be like, no, you can't come to my house because I don't trust you and I really want you to get in rehab and I'll help you get there. Um, but yeah, I'm not giving you money, keys to my car or my house or letting you be around us at the family function because you're not healthy. Right. Um, I think that would be love. Right. Yeah. And, and in spite of what that person, I think it's, it's working in their best interest. Regardless. Yeah. And, and it's hard and it's nuanced and it's definitely not an easy thing. And, 
Um, you know, for those who have been through difficult situations <clears throat> like that with people, with family members, um, you know how it, it changes. You know, it's like, okay, they're, they're resisting, they're resisting, they're resisting. And so you're having to, you know, posture yourself a certain way. And then one day they stop resisting and things have to change. Right. And so it really is relational and dealing with that, you know, last night during the philosophy and critical thinking, we were talking about the frames and how we see things. And one of the things that we kept kind of going back to, well, is there, you know, something that we can see that's all coming from a similar frame, you know, and the common thought was just there has to be a relational connection before you can have a similar frame. Right. You you have to get to know someone, have that relationship with them so you know where they're seeing things. That way you can kind of see where you are in comparison to that. And I, I think that's true with this idea of love is if I really love someone, I need to know them. I need to uh, know the things that are a part of their life, how they see the world, how they're living. And maybe it's not, you know, they're addicted. Maybe they're just toxic. Maybe they're just really uh, people who are hard to be around because they're always um, shaming people. You know, they just have a, a demeanor about them that's difficult to be around. Um, knowing that and, and knowing that dynamic of the relationship, then it forces us to dig deeper. Why? Why are they like that? You know, what happened that maybe I can find out what's going on or why they see the world in this way? Um, maybe there's something I can do to help them change that paradigm to see it in a healthier way. Um, you know, maybe they're seeing God and scripture in a way that's tainted and, and is skewing how they see the world and everything is bad and mm. evil and it's all going to burn. And so we just want to have nothing to do with it. And so pretty soon we don't care about it. We shame it and we distance ourselves from it. Maybe that's where we need to start loving them, right? And understanding and trying to help them understand maybe a different perspective. Yeah. That's heavy. That's yeah. some deep stuff. I'm sad I wasn't here last night, actually. <laughs> I wanted to bring Judo last night. Um, it, 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 it's hard, right? And it changes person by person. Um, Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan, right? Who's your neighbor? Mm -hmm. And then he told that story where the Samaritan was doing good to those who weren't a part of his tribe that was looked down upon. He goes, see this guy? He, he, he did what the Samaritan, the neighbor's supposed to do. And I think that's a good idea. And Jesus gives us another idea of how we love our enemies. He says, pray for those who persecute you. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. I mean, when he says, pray for those who persecute you, what kind of prayer would you think to pray for someone who is in a <clears throat> position that's opposing you or persecuting you or rubbing you the wrong way? I, I think about when, I can't remember the guy's name, but when Paul was like, you know, kind of, let that guy have what's coming to him. Uh -huh. you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but there, you know, I guess to, uh, I, don't, I don't, maybe a lot of people can kind of uh, relate to this. I don't think of my life in terms of like, these are my enemies. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't think that way. I don't think I have yeah. many enemies. I'm sure somebody out there. <laughs> we disagree. <laughs> oh, we got a message in. <laughs> um, but, um, but you know, when there's somebody who I, I profoundly disagree with, um, I have, I have prayed for them for, uh, for, com you know, for common ground, for a place to mm -hmm. kind of establish, um, you know, Again, I'm probably thinking in my head that I want to persuade that person to think my way. There's probably yeah. something that's selfish about that. But some kind of a doorway to communicate rather than just kind of butt heads, you know. Um, but that's one of my best days. I'm sure I've prayed. Yeah. I've prayed, you know, for, for uh, I don't think I've ever prayed for anyone's destruction or anything <laughs> bad to happen to them. But there's probably things it's like. Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, wanting the things that Jesus wants. I mean, I think of even in the Beatitudes, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, even wanting those things, Lord, may they be poor in spirit. May they be meek. Uh, may they hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, uh, may they be a peacemaker. 
wanting those things for them, I think, would be a safe thing to do, right? Leaning into those things. Or the fruit of the Spirit, you know, uh, showing self-control and kindness and gentleness. You know, Lord, I pray that these things are a part of their life. I, I think those are areas where we can move forward and pray. And the reason I, I mention that is because I know, <laughs> tell a story on my mom. Um, I love and miss her. Um, when we first became Christians and we'd get in a fight, I was still in high school and I was, you know, a high school kid. I didn't want to come home. I didn't want rules. I didn't want to do anything. And she said, well, let's pray about it. And I'd say, oh, okay, let's pray. And we'd hold hands and she would just say, Jesus, show Sam how he's being selfish right now. And I'd be like, ah, forget this. You know, I just like, and she was totally sincere, but it was one of those things like that didn't work. Um, so I know that I'm like that too, um, where I, I pray towards, like you mentioned, I want them to see things my way, right? And so the prayer I think is safer when we want them to see things God's way, yeah. right? I, I want them to see how important it is to have these, the fruit of the spirit or these beatitudes be a part of their life, you know, because that's what God's wanting to do. He's not wanting us to become morally better people. He's wanting us to embody this characteristic for sure of our life. All of the things, again, every time I'm here on, on a Wednesday, I say this, like this series has been like, you know, this kind of, uh, 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 you know, this is the way you've seen it. This is what you've heard, right? These are the things that you've mm -hmm. been doing. And Jesus is kind of going, he's kind of elevating the whole thing. And it isn't just more like rules. It's it's helping people see what God is like, mm -hmm. right? What the kingdom should look like, but where it's kind of tailing out over here, mm -hmm. it's bottoming out over here. And this is a, this is kind of like the supreme measure, I think. Like this is like the one where it's like, okay, wow, yeah. Like this is this is like you're saying, it was hard enough just to love the people of my tribe. Yeah, it's almost like everything I do is exposed in this one. And there's all the the religious posturing, you know, the you know, don't manipulate using God to you know, get what you want, you know, with the oaths and, and all the other things that deal with heart issues kind of come to, uh, it's like, I might be able to dodge some of these, but when it comes to this one, it, it just zeroes in. Right. Yeah. And again, at that time you would see an enemy as the Romans, you would see an enemy as Samaritans, you know, you would see an enemy as tax collectors, right. Or other Gentiles. Those were the people who were persecuting you. Those are the people who were abusing you. Um, we are in a different time. Thankfully, um, there are people and followers of Christ in the world who have those kinds of people over them still, you know, people who are oppressing them. And I'm sure these words are harder, you know, for them. For, for me, it's the annoying person, you know, on Instagram or, yeah. you know, the, the person who bothers me or, you know, cuts me off or, you know, the person in the line who takes too long or the, you know. Yeah, but even in our, you know, in the climate that we're in, you know, uh, I don't see it this way, but I know that a, I know a lot of people do. Enemies are, the, like you said earlier, the, the opposing political party. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's, that's more real than it's ever been, at least in my lifetime, yeah. where it's like, Man, are, are we going to come to blows? <laughs> are we really, like, is yeah. that how, like, is it, is it, the feelings are so strong. So I think that there is some of that, like, you know, more, uh, uh, i choose my words wisely here, m more, uh, seeing enemies in our, in our own country mm -hmm. or in our own system. Uh, some people are seeing the police as enemies more than they ever have. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not taking sides in any of that. I'm just calling the way things are. So like, I think that there are in, in our everyday lives, potentially more people are seeing enemies for the first time. Yeah. That are people that we used to yeah. consider neighbors. Definitely considering people in that camp. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I, I agree. And so, again, these words challenge the core of those things, right? They challenge how we see people and how then we're going to interact with people. And, and every one of these, you know, in, in my Bible, they're all kind of uh, separated and mm-hmm. given subheadings. But we know that they're all connected and that they're all coming at the same time from the same man. Mm-hmm. And, and really, you know, kind of pulling back to see what the heart of God looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, so love your enemies. It, it, it means a lot in light of, you know, like, uh, like Philippians 2 or even what we would consider the law of love mm-hmm. or the law of Christ. You know, like yeah. the idea of. Yeah, I mean, Christ is really what this is, right? I mean, yeah. Christ is kind of using himself as what the new kingdom law looks like. Yeah. You know, and, and previous week when we talked about, you know, uh, you've heard it said an eye for an eye, but I tell you, you know, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other. If they take your, you know, cloak, give them your coat also. There was this idea of, you know, giving and offering these things um, and, and this way, and this is even more so. Um, he, he just continues the momentum of that where he comes to this one. And he says, you know, now you, you take these things that you do towards the people you care about and do it now towards these other people. So the other one is I'm not resisting you. I'm not opposing this, but this is actually more of a positive thing of I'm going to do for you. Right. And so he's kind of taking it the next step where, you know, the previous verses were talking about, yeah, don't, you know, show the retribution and reciprocal thinking. Uh, Let them do these things and expose maybe their shame. Um, But this one, it's active more. Right. You you need to do this. And the reason is because by doing this, you'll be the sons, the daughters of your father in heaven. Right? Again, this is the snapshot, the character of God. If you want to know what God is like, he loves his enemies. Right? That's what God is like. And so if you're communicating who God is to someone, if this isn't a part of that communication, it's not a clear communication of who yeah. God is. Right. And for me, that was kind of heavy because depending on what you've grown up thinking, you know, and what denomination you are, maybe, you know, five point Calvinism or something like that, then you were an enemy and those kinds of things. Maybe you were distant from God or God could not look at you. Those kinds of things come into play. Um, or maybe you've heard those things or believed those things. I know I was taught, you know, God cannot hear sinners. You know, he just like. I was like, oh, man, except for when they pray the sinner's prayer. That's the only one they can hear. Um, Did I say it right? Um, But this seems to be a totally different posture. You know, this is God has put himself in a place where he is extending himself towards his enemies. And that's who God is. And if we don't see God that way, then it's not the God that Christ is proclaiming. It's interesting because he's proclaiming it not just through Jesus's words. He's proclaiming it through nature itself, right? The sun and the rain, you know, God gives these things to everyone to enjoy, not just the good people, right? And, And it's almost as if the way God shares the weather, we are to share the love, right? Just as freely as it's out there for everyone, this is to be freely out there for everyone, which again is just mind blowing, right? It's just like humbling. It's like, oh my gosh, that's pretty intense. That this love is just out there for everybody, like the sun, like the rain. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, just that illustration of the sun and the rain and. <clears throat> I'm letting it hit me again because I feel like I feel like on uh, I've told you this you know sidebar, but like it's just you know when you're uh, I don't I don't even know how long I've I've been a Christian. 
but it's been a long time. And, um, and I've heard this taught a million, I've taught this a million times. I just feel like when, uh, I feel like this is a, a little smidgen of like an enormous picture that we kind of, mm. you read and gloss over yeah. and, and, uh, and don't give much thought to, but I think that I, the idea is, um, very different than, than how I've ever thought of it before or mm. believed it before. So, um, because, because maybe in a former way of thinking, um, all of this, loving your enemy, uh, man, I just don't know if I, I just don't ever know how, how much of this hit my heart in a way that's like, no, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. Mm-hmm. Not just like some, I think for me, I'll, I'll wrap it up. Like the, the last sentence in this, in this chunk of scripture that we're talking about where he says, uh, be perfect mm-hmm. in my mind. I'm like, well, that's impossible. So he, this whole thing is just hyperbole, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I can't really mm-hmm. love my enemies cause I can't really be perfect. He's just telling me what I should shoot for. Yeah. And you know, kind of I'll do my best, but don't expect too much. Cause you know, I'm not perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that's kind of how I've always read this. Yeah. No, I I've heard it that way. I think I've taught it that way. You know, this is the ideal, but yeah. it's not attainable. But then at the end of this whole thing, sermon jesus says put this into practice yeah right so it's not like it's just an idea it's like no you need to do this you need to put it into practice and it doesn't mean we'll do it well but he seems to think we can do it yeah right um and and even some of the things that he illustrates right if you love those who love you what reward do you have you know last time he talked about you know lend without expecting to receive and this kind of ties into that i think you know when you love someone who can only love you back, then it's that same reciprocity. It's like, I'm going to give to you because I know you'll give back to me. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so that's really selfish. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, I, a lot of times when I'm training people and their dogs, I, I'm helping to expose that they're really being selfish. You know, that they're wanting to be nice to their dog because they just want their dog to be something for them. You know, it's like, well, I just want my dog to to cuddle and I want my dog Mm -hmm. to do this and I want my dog to do that. And it's like, well, that's not who they are. You know, what you're wanting and what you're putting on them is not who they are. And so it's really selfish of you to expect that of them without understanding who they are, you know, because you're making them neurotic by doing that and they don't understand that no i just want my or we can do it with our kids we can do it with so many things right it, it, we become selfish and that's kind of what i see this it's like oh i'll love you because i know you'll love me too right instead of i'm going to show love towards you in action but you're probably not going to give anything back to me right I, i'm going to extend myself to you in this kindness yeah. but i'll probably get nothing back from you you know if we're only giving to those who give back, the tax collectors do that, right? Interesting he would use tax collectors, people who are in a monetary system, right? You're not doing anything more than these people who are just in a monetary way. And so you got something going on in your mind, it looks like. Oh, no. <laughs> I was just thinking this is like, uh, <laughs> I don't even want to do this, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was thinking at that moment when he caught me that this is what it's like having teenagers <laughs> because, because you can you'll feed them feed them and feed them and they'll just keep eating and eating and eating and then they won't even say thanks and then you'll get you know <laughs> that's it wasn't that deep of a thought he caught he caught me that's it yeah it's <laughs> it's like having teenagers um, <laughs> but. You know, it's kind of funny, though, because, I mean, my mind went there as well, just with family. Um, family that doesn't give back, mm-hmm. but that you still care for, right? Um, I feel like that's the that's closer to what he's trying to say here. We're supposed to have that attitude. We, we care enough, even though we're not feeling fondness for them right now because they're acting like teenagers or they're, you know, um, doing things that are hurtful. We so want to see them do well. 
yeah. right? We so care about how they're doing that we want to do things in a way that's beneficial to them. And I wonder if we had that attitude towards our enemies, those people who are rubbing us the wrong way, who are causing friction, if we had that attitude like I have had for my kids, you know, in their worst times, um, or my grandkids when they're screaming because they've had too much sugar, you know, um, yeah. It, yeah. It's that, a different posture. It's, it's, it's really interesting. That's, that's what it's like. Yeah. That's what it's like. Right. So like if we, I think as a nation, we were horrified to see, uh, you know, what, the things going on in Afghanistan, not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as this, this, the talk turns to, well, where are these refugees going to go? Then it's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Now we're concerned about us and, yeah. and protecting ourselves, right? Yeah. And what would happen if we had this posture and attitude and those who are part of the church stepped into those arenas to help and make a difference? You know, and the news has been some of the refugees from Haiti and how they've been treated, you know, on the border. They're trying to find out what's going on there. Those refugees have been refugees for since the Obama administration, I believe, you know. Um, and they're still there, right? Um, and that's heartbreaking. And, and again, they're not the only ones. There's a lot yeah. of people like that all over the world. What would happen if we had that posture of, yeah, I'm, I need to take care of this person, even though they're not my neighbor? Um, I feel like the ways that we have lost our witness by being so self-absorbed, so uh, posturing to preserve our rights as Christians, um, that could all be changed. The, the movement can move towards something totally different if we were postured in a way to help even just like the refugees. You know, if everyone who calls themselves a Christian said, okay, we need to help these people as our neighbors and treat them like family. We're going to step in and find jobs for them, provide homes for them, let them stay in our extra rooms or, you know, put them up somewhere and help them get the things they need. What a example that would be. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's just a difficult thing. You know, it's a difficult thing. It, it, there's a cost involved to us and we kind of struggle with that. I mean, cause we're all busy. We're all dealing with a lot of things yeah. and, and it's like, you know, you've Absolutely. got teenagers, you know, you're dealing with that. I've got grandkids dealing with that. And then it's like, Oh, I got to need, need a refugee too. Um, you know, so we have to step into it consciously but, and not just, you know, ignorant. But it, yeah, for sure. And it's not easy. Yeah. I, mean, I don't mean to say there's an easy thing. I just was calling out our, no, I think it's a, a uh, good point, though. I mean, it's a strong point. But I, but I but I think you know, just like kind of riffing on that. <laughs> what, what if it's not? What if we don't think so individualistic about those things? Thinking like, well, I, I don't have a spare room, mm-hmm. so there's no way. I, there's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. But what if you know, just to throw throw it on the wall? What if every faith community said? We'll take a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I thought about that. What if together, collectively, we could take a family yeah. and put yeah. them up somewhere and try and help them to get on their feet? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely takes a lot of thought and effort and work, but that's, that's what the kingdom looks like. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, and it shows the heart of God, right? It, it You can't look at something like that and say, those guys. Right. You look at something like that and say, wow, that's that's impressive. And and again, that was part of the first century. Right. That was part of their character. That was part of what won so many people is that attitude and that posture. People actually heard these words and said, I guess we got to do it and started doing it. And it changed the world. Right. Um, I, I mentioned this a few times. You know, people did not hear this and say, oh, man. This is such a good sermon. 
This is like on my right. top ten. Right. They 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 heard this and they just said, "Oh, it, it was it cut them to the core. It was devastating. It was slaying them where they were hearing this and they were like, oh my gosh, how do I deal with this?' Right? It, it was no one has spoken to us like this. Yeah. It was definitely head and heels above anything that they had understood at that time. And I think the reason that they gravitated to it, because even though it was more than they had ever heard, they were still able to understand it, right? There was still something in it that's rung true and said, I think God is like this, right? I think I've experienced God like this. In spite of what I've been taught by these people, in spite of how I've been treated by these people, this seems right, you know, I, I think that happens. At least that's happened in my life. I think my soul has reg- registered with things long before my head's understood them sometimes. You know, just like, I think it, it's almost like the heart understands before the head does. That's interesting. I think that we have, um, the way we have experienced a lot of times uh, church and it's like what you said, like we, you know, we're used to church being an hour on Sunday, uh, a message, some music, some good people. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, some people would say, I've done my duty, right? Mm-hmm. And um, now I feel better about myself and go, go on about my, my week. Uh, some people say, I need this this time on Sunday because it refuels my soul and uh, but, but really what we, you know, um, we've become hearers, a lot of us hmm. hearers of the word. Right. And uh, I don't know, like the idea of putting something into motion is almost, it's almost foreign mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be that way Yeah, it, because, you know, I, I just remember Francis Chan, he did this, he talked about how. Uh, he gave this analogy. He said, I told my daughter to clean her room. And he said, an hour later, I went to see her, and her room was still messy. And I said, I told you to clean your room. And she said, yeah, I know. I memorized it. <laughs> she said, I studied it in the Greek. <laughs> and But she hadn't done it. You know what yeah. I mean? And he was just like, we were missing the point if that's how we're thinking of, yeah. of the Bible. Yeah, that's that's good. It's a little convicting there. Uh I gave an illustration about how seeing people differently changes our response to them. And I used two books in the Hebrew scriptures. I talked about Nahum that talked about the fall of the Assyrians when the Babylonians took them into captivity, including Nineveh, and how he was basically saying that they got what they deserved. God was judging them. This is what happens to the enemy of God, right? I mean, it was very strong words against the Assyrians, against Nineveh. And then about 100 years later, we've got the book of Jonah, where it's a totally different picture, right? And and I talked about how it's almost as if the writer of the book of Jonah is wanting us to reimagine these people, right? Instead of seeing them just as this, what if we saw them in this light and then saw the prophet of God like Jonah in this light, right? And and maybe, you know, when we read the book of Jonah or when I read the book of Jonah, a lot of times I look at it and go, oh yeah, those people. And I don't see myself as Jonah. I think you and I were talking about this or something, right? It's like, I'm not Jonah. No, they're Jonah. I'm not Jonah. But (laughs) the whole point of that is to kind of really see ourselves. Am I acting like Jonah towards these people? And I don't think Jonah is the only book. I think Jeremiah does that too. Jeremiah 29, where he's telling them, hey, get comfortable. Have kids. You're going to be here a while, right? His whole point is befriend this place because it's your home now. 
right? There's a different mindset. This isn't you're just in exile. You're going to live here, so you need to make peace with these people. Mm-hmm. And that's where that passage comes. I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord, yeah. right? It, it comes in this context. And so there's a few places in Scripture where we see this kind of change take place, where these are our enemies. Oh, it's like, you know what, though? Now they're your friends. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. The 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 whole we'll have to have like an offline conversation about this at some point because it's too long for tonight. <laughs> yeah. But that whole of the Old Testament and the enemies of God and mm-hmm. the whole you know there there are some there are some rough things to get through. Yeah, with this in mind, if what we've always been taught about this is spirit breathed and inspired word of mm-hmm. God, then then we need to do some work on that because what you're saying is like with Jonah, um, it's almost like we're, this is the history as told Mm -hmm. to us, but maybe the heart of God didn't see them as his enemies so much as a city we're saving. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the history and how people lived at the time, their thoughts at the time is being recorded represented yeah and then a, almost a commentary yeah. is taking place in this book on what happened in that time with these people which again i, I mentioned this if we're going to honor scripture we need to honor the genre that it is yeah right 100 and, and so if you treat jonah just like a history book i think you're doing a dishonor to the book right and i mentioned reasons why i felt like it was satire and it and it nothing of that is making it less. In fact, to me, it makes it more, right? To me, it's like, wow, to be able to have this commentary in the same sacred scriptures as this history is pretty amazing, right? It's making me step back and think, how do I embrace these two worlds? And what am I supposed to do with this commentary of this event? Now, and there's so many things like that in the scripture, you know, that we won't get into. But there are so many of those things where there's enemies, but then later on, they're not the enemies, right? And and then later on, it's like they're part of the lineage of Jesus, yeah, right? It's like, what? I thought they were forever cursed, right? Right. How come they're here in the lineage of Jesus? You know, what's going on? And not seeing that as a commentary on some of the things that we're seeing, um, I think we actually lose what's inspiring, you know, because I, I believe it's an inspired book. I believe it, it's profitable, you know, for me to be reproved and instructed and, and all these things. I, I, I believe seeing it correctly is important and seeing these two stories and how they work together. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, but I but I I agree with you. And, and I think that um, that is a, uh, the uh, being genre specific in how you read material in the Bible is very important mm-hmm. because, like you just said, maybe a book about history has has a different point from the author than a story about a prophet. Mm-hmm. Or um, obviously, like Paul writes epistles. Those are directive letters, right? That's yeah. that's different than, say, Luke writing the gospel yeah. or the book of Acts. So, like, all those things, I think, uh, just sorry, we're totally off topic now, but, like, no, I think I, it's I brought it up Sunday because I, I think it is an important part to see how God sees things maybe compared to how we used to see things. Yeah. So when we're proof texting, we have to be <laughs> we have to be careful <laughs> that we're not uh, that we're not taking out the wrong genre. Yeah, I mean, gosh, that that that's so true. I mean, taking this idea of loving your enemies. I mean, I don't know how deep we want to go. I mean, we don't can't go too far, but think of hot topics in our society today. Um, you know, and it's interesting, the hot topics here in the United States, I guarantee you they're not the same hot topics in Syria or in Afghanistan right now, right? Um, and, and so we have to kind of keep that in mind. We, we, So much of what we do, we don't realize that we have a lot of luxury 
in our, you know, anger, if you will. Uh, but hot topics like um, abortion, hot topics like homosexuality, hot topics like the political system, Democrat, uh, Republican, uh, vaccination, not vaccination, whatever these hot topics are, whatever you see that person as, right? Those person, those people are an abomination. Those people are murderers. Those people are evil. Those people are foolish. Whatever things you see of them, if you put that in the category of enemy and you put this idea of, of Jonah and what he now sees as what was once the enemy and took that mindset, how would that change this group of people if you saw them in a different light, right? Yeah. If you are right about vaccination, right? And I think you should all get vaccinated. But didn't see other people as just, you know, being, oh, these people are evil or these people are the ones who are causing so many to be hospitalized. These people are so, you know, ignorant or whatever. If I saw these people maybe in a different light as someone who God cared for and God was extending himself to, how would it change my conversation with them? So that it would actually show that I care about them, even like God was trying to do through Jonah. You know, and then how am I maybe acting like Jonah? Give them five words and I'm done, right? Because that's all you need on Twitter. That's even less than that, <laughs> right? And in the Hebrew, it was just five words. His whole message was five words, you know. How would it change how we communicated with people if we took that attitude, that lesson we're getting from Jonah that I think Jesus is telling us, you know, when he says, love your enemies. Well, these Syrians were our enemies. This is how God wanted Jonah to deal with it. Yeah. Right. What if we did that? How would it change? And even beyond, even beyond this is how he wanted Jonah to deal with it. He, this is, this is God's heart for those people. Mm -hmm. And this, this is how God sees those people. So, even removing Jonah, you know, he's a he's a sketchy character to me. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, you know, like you said, I uh, I I can see I identify with that more now, right? Mm -hmm. We were talking about the uh, the Good Samaritan. Okay, when, yeah. When we thought when we were talking about that, like most people want to identify themselves as the Good Samaritan. Like we even give Good Samaritan awards out. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you've done good, so. Uh, and we see, we want to see ourselves as the hero of the story. Yeah. When in reality, I think we're the ones in the ditch. Yeah. And uh, and and Jesus is the other. You know what I mean? He's yeah. the good We're the one needing to be saved from yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, difficulty reveals our humanity, right? And I think one of the things that's beautiful about the story of Jonah is seeing afterwards what the people of Assyria went through, which the people of Israel had also gone through, put them in a similar boat, mm -hmm. right? And so this calamity brings about a connection of humanity. And I, I think that's kingdom mentality, right? The kingdom mentality is to see God's love for everybody to see that we are the agents of God's love for everybody and have our understanding of the hardship and things we experience. We have empathy for those who are in hardship and experiencing things as well. And we want to extend ourselves to them, even those who don't know their right hand from their left. You know, when, when, God says that to Jonah, I think of Jesus on the cross, forgive them, they don't know what they're mm -hmm. doing, right? That comparison, it's like, part of me says, they knew what they were doing. They were getting rid of you because you were a problem. And he's like, no, they, they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what they thought, but they didn't know. And that's heavy because I go to the place where, no, they know what they're doing. They're, they're posting the same thing over and over. They know what they're doing. They're trying to, you know, <laughs> stir something up. It's like, don't know what they're doing you know um yeah it's pretty heavy any final thoughts or and any questions if you have <laughs> or answers <laughs> yeah i don't know we have answers we have responses <laughs>
I mean, I, I don't know why I, I, I want to share scripture. I don't know why. I don't know how it relates. Okay. But but it kept coming up in my mind. So I want to, uh, this is, uh, where am I reading from? Galatians 6, chapter 2, where it says, carry each other's burdens, and this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. I just think, I feel like this is loving your enemies, right? It's like, hmm. like you're going to lift some burdens, hmm. and they're not yours. And you, maybe you didn't earn them, you don't want them, but this is the law of Christ. Hmm. This is how we do this in the kingdom. Um, if anyone thinks they are something, when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Um, then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Hmm. So yeah. it kept coming up, and I guess that's that's why the, the love Christ thing. And what we're talking about in loving your enemies is not just a feeling. It's not just saying or sending them a Christmas card or something like that, right? It might mm -hmm. be, but yeah. it might be more than that. Yeah, it's not just having fondness for. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something that's action. And it's challenging, right? I mean, I don't want to just sit here and say, yeah, I, I've studied the Greek. You know, my I know what it means to clean my room. <laughs> my room's still dirty. Um, it's something I have to put into practice. And hopefully through, you know, prayer and uh, praying for them as well as praying on how to communicate better with people we can do this and we can step more and more into this role of actually loving people who are on the other side of the aisle or that we disagree with and bring about some peace uh, you know it's different to be a peacemaker than a peacekeeper yeah and we need some peacemakers and we want to be those people and i think this is part of how you do it agreed all right. Well, I think that's it. Thank you for being here. Thank you guys for joining us online. Uh, again, we will do this next week, and you're welcome to join us here uh, live. And then Sunday mornings also at 10 a.m. We are here live. Uh, we've been meeting indoors primarily because it's been pretty hot outside, and I think we're most people are feeling comfortable to be inside again. So if you're comfortable being inside, uh, join us. If you feel like you want to be outside, let us know because we'll set up a canopy and a TV for you um, and do what we can so that we can communicate with you and get together with you guys. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Gill. I'm glad we stayed live this whole time. Uh, take care, you guys. Love you. God bless. You have been listening to the Genesis podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.